Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about the QuantEdge.com. Great place to get your MLB DFS content and especially your DFS tools. I write for them, you know, four to seven times a week, depending on the slates, doing the batter breakdown. It's been red hot fire. And there's other great content over there, you know, full game-by-game breakdowns, all kinds of other great stuff. Great crew, great group of guys. And the most important thing are the great tools that the Quant Edge has developed. They have the lineup optimizer that you would expect. They have a batter versus pitch type tool, a weather tool, an umpire tool, an awesome, you know, ch- check the values between FanDuel, DraftKings tool. So many more things coming up as well. Great Vegas tool. It's awesome over there. So if you want to get the MLB season package for $25 off, use promo code Bubba. It's a great deal. It'll be well worth it. People are, are cashing left and right. It is great. If you just want to try out the Quantage, you can try the all sports monthly package for $19.99 using promo code Bubba. So you can go all in for the full year of baseball, $25 off with Bubba. Or try your first month for all sports, 1999 promo code Bubba. Also, with the Masters coming up this week, you got baseball in full f- effect, NBA playoffs coming up. Go check out draft.com. Draft in your app store. It is a great way to play daily fantasy sports. They started with the snake style drafts. They have auction drafts. They have best ball drafts. They have more and more fun stuff, survivor type drafts. There's great stuff they have coming out. Go over, check them out. Use promo code SD Sports, SD as in dog sports. When you make your first deposit and you get a free $3 entry into any tournament of your choice. So go to draft.com, draft in your app store, promo code SD Sports. With all that being said, welcome to this week's edition of Bench with Bubba. I'd appreciate it if you give a rating and review over on iTunes. It'd help me out a ton. But this is Bench with Bubba, episode 160 with Heath Cummings of CBS Fantasy Sports. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 160. Going to keep talking some fantasy baseball, catch up on the, the weekend's action, some fab results, and much, much more. In order to do so, have a special guest. You can find his work over at CBS Fantasy Sports. He's on tw- Twitter at Heath Cummings SSR. Heath, how are we doing, man? Hi, I'm doing good. Doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, I've listened to your podcast for a while. I listened to the I eat when you're on the ITL boys and some other shows. So some good stuff there, some good banter. And, uh, I always appreciate your, uh, your voyages, I should say to breweries and other things like that. So always a good time with that. You, you caught me at a good time too, because I actually turned 40, uh, one week from today and my daughter just came over and brought my, uh, present a week early. Cause that's what we do in our family. Nobody can ever keep the presents. And she got me 40 different beers. Outstanding. And so I just opened the first one. I got a Swamp Ape from uh, Florida Avenue and double IPA. Fantastic. That is outstanding. Nice double IPA for Bench with Bubba Pot. I love it. That's uh, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff right there. Well, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. 40 different beers. That's a good good little daughter right there. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, we, we know what she thinks that I like. 
<laughs> She's paying attention. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the one thing about men. We, we're easy. We're really easy to figure out. <laughs> but uh, All right. Uh, let's talk about some recent MLB news, some more pertinent than the others, but uh, it's, it's on the docket in the fantasy world. Uh, Irvin Santana, he's rehabbing and likely to come back very soon, possibly towards the end of this week with the Chicago White Sox. Um, you know, we've seen a bunch of up and down pitching to start the season. Is there any interest in a guy like Irvin Santana as he comes up? I think I've said for like three years that he's not any good anymore, and I've been wrong most of the time. And the White Sox pitching staff is really pretty terrible right now, at least the way they're performing. So I think there's a chance that he sticks in the rotation. It's not a terrible lineup, so I could see them giving him some run support. He's interesting for sure in any AL-only league. And that I would not bet against him having some mixed re- league relevance at some point. Yeah, that's the thing with Irvin Santana. We've seen it a couple of years ago with the Twins. He's kind of, you know, same thing. Everybody was on the bandwagon of he's not good anymore. And he goes out and pitches really, really well. Uh, didn't really have the chance last year with the injury. So he wouldn't surprise me if he did well at the same time. I think we're all ready for that other shoot to drop sooner than later. And pitching uh, in Chicago is probably not the best environment for him. But you do get to face an, a lackluster Indians team, Tigers team, Royals team. All that doesn't suck. So it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. Let's talk Colorado Rockies. They had a rocky weekend. Sorry, I had to go there. Um, David Dahl goes to the – well, he's probably going to go on the DIL. We haven't heard just yet. But he leaves the game holding his side. We know the oblique history. What's your level of concern if you're a Dahl owner? And then likely we'll get to see more Ramel Tapia because of this. Yeah, and that's that's the good thing. I guess the sad part about this injury for Rockies fans is it means Ian Desmond's definitely not losing his spot for a while because he's just been absolutely awful. Uh, I think you have to be pretty concerned if you're a doll owner because, and I don't like the term injury prone, but if there's anyone who's injury prone, David Dahl probably is at this point. He's had just, and it's been these kind of nagging things that we don't think it's going to take very long, and then all of a sudden he's out for a month. So I'm I'm worried as a doll owner. I'm I'm a little bit interested in Tapia. Uh, definitely in anything deeper than a 12 team league. And listen, he's get half his games at Coors Field. If he gets to play every day, he'll be interesting everywhere. This probably means there's no way they can keep Garrett Hampson out of the mix too, if he could hit. Yeah, no. They they the lineup for Monday night is a very suspect lineup at best. But Tapia's in there. Uh, Fuentes is playing first base. Uh, you had Hampson in the outfield. There's a lot of I think besides Blackman, Arenado, and Story. It's a pretty new offense for 2019 there in Colorado with all these injuries. And you mentioned Garrett Hampson, and, and, a, and a reason he gets a lot of playing time as well is Ryan McMahon goes on the IL with an injury. And everybody, you know, that was the battle all offseason. Who do you get? Who do you get? And Hampson was the favorite from people drafting, but then, you know, McMahon won the job. So do you – what's your level of concern, I should say, with Ryan McMahon? I haven't seen a lot about how long they think this is going to be, but I haven't seen anything that makes me think it's going to be an ex- extremely long period of time. So I I was very interested in him in the spring. I think he has a good hit tool, and he really made some adjustments in the spring that led to him. I think he was having trouble with the fastball, while kind of shortened his swing a little bit. If he, I, I want to hold on to him because I do think when he comes back, he's going to hit. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I love McMahon's power. Like, like you said, with Tapia, even you know, playing half your games in Coors Field never sucks. And then you got you got power like McMahon has a little bit of speed. It's tough to uh, just kind of let that one go. If you're in a ten or twelve teamer, do you? Well, I guess like you said, we don't know the extent. If it's just ten days, you hold on to him. But uh, I'm curious to see where that one goes. Um, 
I have MLB trade rumors open right now. And before we get to the next one, the second thing down just caught my attention, and we can talk about it real quick. Luis Severino is slated to go in MRI because his rehab has stalled again. Um, do you, what are you doing if you're El Severino? Like, if you took the gamble in drafts, what are you doing with Severino right now? Besides crying, uh, drinking yeah. more, like there's nothing you can do at this point. You've made the yeah. decision. He's not somebody that you can cut because you know he has ace potential when he comes back. If he's the same guy he was last year, then he's an ace. Um, but this is not. There's no easy fix to this, and it's one of the reasons. Like when this injury first happened, and they said it was going to be a month or whatever. I didn't get any more Luis Severino because it terrified me. And I think you should be very concerned that you're not going to have Luis Severino pitch for you this season. Yeah, it's it's one thing I said during like draft season is pitchers are the most injured people in baseball. Why draft an injured one already? It just now, didn't make sense to me. Right, and I saw Chris Towers making this comparison on Twitter because I did draft a lot of Carlos Martinez, mm-hmm. but he was free. True. Like you could not. You almost had to pay people when we got to the twentieth round just to draft Carlos Martinez. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that at this point right now, I don't know that I'd rather have Severino over Martinez. Yeah, because right now, in theory, if this MRI comes back pretty bad, this could get you know you might not see Severino this year if, if worst case scenario, and that would be disastrous. Like you said, is you know we've all said it. Everybody has a price. As much as like I don't want to draft Clayton Kershaw because I don't like his back. By the end of draft season, he almost became in my wheelhouse of, okay, I'll, I'll take the gamble on him. Um, when you look at Severino, he really never fell, even with the injury past third or fourth round, maybe in, you know, like 15 teamers, which is, I guess, value for a guy that should have been a, you know, top 25 pick or so 30 pick, but still you, you had to take that gamble. Like you said, a car mart, you're getting like the 20th round or something when your last picks in the draft and it didn't kill you. So yeah, the, everyone's got a price, but Severino really never got there. So this would be really interesting to see how this all plays out with Severino. I just hate um, seeing bad things happen to the Yankees. It's terrible. It's horrible. It really, really is. Like <laughs> it, it, it's bad. You know that. You know injuries to starting pitchers for the Dodgers. It really makes me lose sleep at night watching stuff like that happen. <laughs> it's troubling. Um, kind of in the same vein as Severino here, we got um, you know Dallas Keuchel's. There's rumors he might be signing soon. He hasn't signed yet. You got Craig Kimbrell situations. If you gambled on any of those guys, how do you approach them? Like Kimbrell, you're probably not getting rid of. But say you got a Keiko and your 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 IL's full or you don't have an IL, are you dropping a guy like Keiko? I think those two guys are completely opposite of each other, depending on the format. Mm-hmm. Because obviously at CBS Sports, the most popular format is head-to-head points, where you start two closers. You can't start two more than two closers, and you can use Sparps as relief pitchers. So there's like 40 relievers that you're okay starting in a regular in a standard CBS points league. I'm still holding on to Keiko in that format because starting pitching is so valuable. And when he's good, he's so good in that format because the innings he piles up and he's probably going to a good team. He's probably going to win a lot of games. Kimbrell to me in that format, I think you probably could drop if you don't have an IL spot. Now in a categories league, no matter the depth, I'm not getting rid of Craig Kimbrell. But I do think it's getting closer and closer to time to cut bait with Keiko if you don't have an IL spot for him. Yeah, that's the decision. I, I was one that uh, in the TGFBI, I have four or five guys on the IL now, and I needed people, and I had to drop Kim, uh, Keiko. It just – I did, didn't have a choice anymore, and it sucked because I wanted – I got him so late. It was kind of like the Carmart free thing. And I'm like, okay, this is great, and it just – I couldn't do it anymore. Three weeks into the season. Here we are. Good times. But um, let's get back to the agenda here. We got Miguel Sano. Everyone was kind of 
in the preseason thinking, okay, this guy, this might be the time he's going to be healthy. The stories we've heard many times at Miguel Sano. Then he goes and parties in a parade and cuts his foot. It gets worse than we thought. Well, he's going to start rehabbing. He should be back early May, if not late April. Are you on the Miguel Sano train? Are you trying to grab him somewhere if he's available? I am trying to find where the exit is to the Miguel Sano train. I've been looking for it for a couple of years, and I can't get off. So I cannot <laughs> give up on him. It's just too exciting what he could be. And so I will I will die on on uh, Miguel Sano Mountain, I guess. Yeah, I'm with you. I wrote an article this preseason. I was like, I looked at, I found, you know, you can always write what, you can always find something good or bad on someone. Well, I found all oh, the good. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this looks so juicy of where he's going in drafts. And then he goes and cuts his foot. So that was fun. But um, another guy that every year it seems like people are on, Gregory Polanco, big guy last year in the sleeper sessions. People liked him this year because you get him at a value because he's hurt. He's another guy that's about to rehab, should be back. He's a little, little sooner than we expected, maybe in another week, two weeks here. Um, some people are still very high on Gregory Polanco. Do you believe in Gregory Polanco, or are we just getting fooled again? I've kind of given up on the upside that we all thought Gregory Polanco had for the last three years. But I do think he was a great value on draft day. And a guy I like to compare him to is Aaron Hicks because both of them have had quite a few injury problems. If you look at their stats over the last three years or even last year, they're almost identical. Polanco has a little bit more steals upside, but he may have be past that point in his career. So I do still think that he's going to be somebody you're going to want to start once he's back. But I don't play him thinking this could be the year the guy we all hope for comes along. I, I think he pretty much is who he is. No, that's a good point. That's a good comparison with Hicks. I never really thought of it that way because I'm always a big Aaron Hicks guy, but you know he's already injured this year, hasn't even played yet. And if you think about it year after year, has he really played more than maybe 120 games very often? Probably not. So, yeah, that, that's a very good comparison with the two because when Polanco is hitting, he's pretty darn good. Um, we had a little scare yesterday. Mike Clevenger left with a back injury after six amazing innings because dominated yet again in that, that Cleveland rotation. Uh, it's still up in the air if he'll make his next start. You'd imagine if they yanked him, they might want to slow play it and just you know skip the start. We don't know. But um, – I guess since we don't really know the impact, it's hard to answer this, but what's your thoughts on Mike Clevenger, you know, back injuries? We know it's not a good deal, especially for pitchers. Yeah, back injuries are never good. Clevenger is an an interesting dude because there are things you can look at from what he did last year and think, yeah, he's probably not going to be that good again this year. But also there's some, his stuff is so good at times that I think he may be able to make a leap. So I, I think he's a very solid number two starter. If I was in a league with somebody that was worried about this, this is probably the kind of guy I try to make a buy low offer on. But back injuries are scary as well. Yeah, they are scary. But man, he's so filthy. Like, yeah, I'm with you there. If you can get him on the discount, you go and grab him. Uh, would you rather? Okay, we know Clevenger's already done it this year. But another guy that's off to a slow start, but maybe still has upsides, like a Zach Wheeler. Would you like to be trying to get him on a discount? I'm not as confident in Wheeler, and it, what he did last year was really impressive i just wasn't sure how sustainable it was and he's had several problems of his own in the past um and this is the way it is i I tweeted something like this on opening day we don't really believe that anything matters unless it's something that confirms something we already thought before the year so true (laughs) and i was one of the lower guys on wheeler so i'm like yep he's struggling he sucks (laughs) um which is stupid but no, he's not. He's not a guy unless I can really, really get a good buy low offer. I'm not really that interested. 
Okay. Um, this one's not as big a deal per se, but, you know, in deeper leagues, he was kind of intriguing. We know the hit tool's okay. And he, he's showing a little bit of pop four doubles and two home runs already in nine games. Ronald Guzman goes to the IL with a, a hamstring injury. Uh, it's not supposed to be too serious. They're hoping to have him back in a couple weeks. Um, is Guzman a guy that maybe next week's fab you go to try to pick him up on the cheap, or you just think he's just an average guy good for deep leagues? I mean, for me, it would have to be a 15-team league. Yeah. I, I don't have any interest in him in a 12-team league. I, I think he's got some sneaky value in those deeper leagues, but, but I don't know that there's really a lot, ton of upside either. Yeah, no, that's kind of a – Guzman's kind of an interesting guy because you see the upside at times, but it's not really the consistency. He's not there, so tough to like him. Uh, Brian McCann, the old man Brian McCann, hits the IL with the um, Atlanta Braves. Alex Jackson gets the call up as Tyler Flowers is hurt as well. Alex Jackson wants a heralded prospect all over the diamond, now catches. Is there any interest in a guy like Alex Jackson in a very bad catcher's position? Well, he is a catcher, and he's going to play regularly and with both those guys hurt he might play more regularly than you would expect um most of our roto leagues are two catcher leagues and he could be viable in that format i think he's definitely going to be viable in like an nl only points type thing because i would expect him to get more plate appearances while both those guys are on the shelves than your average catcher yeah i like that uh the hit tools have been there with with jackson it's just the transition to catcher has been interesting so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out um the cardinals they, uh, it's not really a surprise, I guess, but Alex Reyes sent back to AAA after kind of a rocky start to maybe go get his head straight and bring him back up, stretch him out maybe even to put him in the rotation. What's your thoughts with an Alex Reyes, and how do you approach him uh, the rest of the way? You know, I think the hard thing with him and guys like him, when a team starts you out in the majors in the bullpen versus if a prospect that's maybe not quite as good, but they start him off in the rotation in the minor leagues, I would almost rather have the guy they're starting off in the minor leagues in the rotation because it's not very easy to make that transition in season. You're probably going to have three or four starts where you're getting two innings, three innings, four innings as they build back up. And he's really struggled to start the year. I, I love the upside of Alex Reyes. He does not look like he's the same pitcher right now. Yeah, he looks kind of lost out there at times because the stuff is definitely legit top prospect type stuff. And it did not really come to fruition this season. So be interesting to see how that all plays out. And um, you mentioned Carmart earlier. Are you holding out hope that he has an impact at some point this year, or what's your thoughts with him? I haven't dropped him in any of my leagues yet. Now, I I don't play in any leagues other than, I think, uh, TGFBI that doesn't have an IL spot. So it's pretty easy to hold on to him until you have three or four guys that you need to IL. Uh, I was hopeful that he would make an impact as a starter. I still kind of am. We do a lot of stuff on CBS Sports HQ with Jim Bowden. And he actually said that he was told by the Cardinals that they really think Carlos Martinez is probably going to be their closer in the second half. That's where I was going to go with that. I was wondering, because, you know, some people think he's going to be the closer, some, you know, maybe back to the rotation. So you're in the closer train. And I think that's interesting because you can find him in leagues, maybe not so much, um, you know, deep IL leagues, but he is out there in certain waiver wires. So um, might be worth snagging earlier than later if he's going to get saved. You know how valuable that is these days. Um Let's talk about some week two fab results. We'll go through the TGFBI uh, page by Smata. It's always uh, convenient. Shows who was an idiot and paid too much and who wasn't and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, we'll go through some of the more uh, higher owned, more frequently owned guys in this one. And we'll start with your boy from Kansas City. Alex Gordon was picked up in four leagues, anywhere from 7 to $14. 
hitting in the middle of that order, having a decent start to the year. What's your thoughts on Alex Gordon? I mean, it's it's so hard to believe at his age with what he's done the last two years that this is for real. But he's always had a good eye. He hasn't always been able to make contact, especially over the last couple of years. But he started off this year, the walk, strikeout to walk ratio is just fantastic. And he's putting pretty good wood on the ball. So I think in a 15-team league, I'm definitely interested. He's not got to the point to where I'm looking at him in 12-team yet. Yeah, I'm with you there. 15 teams, AL only, uh, does have some validity. I know I I owed him at parts last year in 15-team leagues. Just He has those runs where he can be very productive and you kind of start remembering why they gave him money. And then he has real quickly the runs where you, you say again why they give him that money. But um, it all it all comes full circle. Let's go to Los Angeles Dodgers. They have a crowded outfield. We always wondered how Alex Verdugo would get his playing time. He's taken advantage of the, the small time he's had so far this season. Had a good weekend in Coors, which many do. He went from anywhere from $45 to $78 in four leagues this week. What's your thoughts on Alex Verdugo? Because the playing time, like I said, isn't really a guarantee at the moment. That's that's the problem. I If he was playing every day on one of these bad teams that needs an outfielder, I think we he would be like 90% owned because I do think he's good. I don't see a clear path to playing time for him regularly. Yeah, I thought he was going to be traded in the offseason. Maybe he still does, you know, get one of those Cleveland starters over there. But, um, yeah, I really like Alex Verdigo. There's no way I'm paying that kind of money for him in a fab format. That, that really, really surprised me because the hit tool is pretty sweet, but uh, that shocked me. Um, Anthony Swarsack went for a, a million dollars, basically 125 to 251. Do you think he's the lockdown closer in Seattle, or is he, are you still worried about uh, Cody Garen and some others showing up there? I really think he's probably going to be the guy. I thought it was quite a statement when he came off the injured list, and the very that night he got the save. Mm-hmm. And when they saw, had him and Strickland in spring training, I wasn't really sure who was going to win that job. He wasn't available, so Strickland got it. Now Strickland, I don't think we're going to see for two months. I, I would imagine Swarzak's going to grab this job, fumble a couple of times, but hold on to it ultimately. Yeah, no doubt about it. Do you have any... Do you have any thoughts that maybe when Strickland comes back, he regains the role, or is he just kind of the setup guy from here on out? I, that's going to depend on how bad Swarzak is, because I don't really think Swarzak's great. They just don't that's have a, any, anyone that I think can take that job and run with it. So relievers, and, and we talk about this a lot in the offseason, it's so tough to put too much into any one season for a reliever because the sample size is just naturally so small. And now we're talking about a two-month stretch for Swarzak. He could have a sub-3 ERA for two for two months. I mean, it's probably, what, 30 innings? Yeah, 25 that's innings. That, that's not that big a deal. So I I think it's probably going to depend more on sequencing than anything, anything else with him. Yeah, no, that, make, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, Blake Swihart, catcher for the Boston Red Sox, kind of platoon catcher, but he's uh, put some solid at-bats together in the time he's had, went deep over the weekend, I believe. Oh, he's had a couple extra base hits. Him for anywhere from five to twenty-five bucks against a two-catcher league. Is there anything more we need to look into Blake Swihart more than just kind of a platoony two-catcher guy? I mean, it'd be fun to write a post-hype sleeper poem about him because we always love to say the post-hype sleeper in a headline, and he sure. definitely qualifies for that because he was a, a, a good prospect at one point, and I, we thought he was going to have really good contact skills. I don't know that there's much chance that he's going to turn into an everyday catcher or the closest thing there is. But I do think that in a two-catcher format, he's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can go with you there because post high sleeper is correct. We know the uh, the tool was there at one time. They even tried to put in the outfield because they wanted that bat in the lineup. Didn't quite work. 
Uh, let's get to some of the big names here now. Christian Walker went in eight leagues, 53 to to $417. Someone spent almost half their budget on Christian Walker. I think that's a little excessive. But um, the, the power is legit. We saw it in the minors. What's your thoughts on Christian Walker? Because right now he gets the everyday playing time with Jake Lamb out. Maybe he holds on to it. The thing that surprised me the most early on is how he's hit right-handed pitching. Because I really mm-hmm. thought that he fit pretty well and would be good in like a daily league where he's such because you could just play him against lefties and he'd be very valuable. If you've got a deep, deep bend, that, that works great. I'm interested. I would like to see a larger sample size before I really start to believe in it, though, because, I mean, what is he, 26, 27 now? Yeah. He's had he a lot of time in his transition. Um, he looks looked to me a lot like a quadruple A player, but this is an interesting start. Yeah, it's an interesting start. I, I'm with you. The the hit tools versus right-handed pitching has been really shocking. All three of his home runs are versus righties. And uh, the lefties, he's actually kind of struggling against to start the year, which I was with you coming into it. It seemed like he was a you know perfect platoon piece, and he's been far from the opposite. But his overall, you know, it's it's early, but you look at his baseball savant stats, Scott Katz-type metrics, and they just jump off the page. Like him and Peter Alonzo, they're like dueling for the best stat, stat, stat cast page right now. It's pretty crazy. Um Clint Frazier, he was the darling of the week. Didn't help that he double-donged on Sunday. Just kept doing Clint Frazier things. Shocking what a top prospect can do when he gets playing time. But um, he went in, I believe, 18 leagues, almost all of them, anywhere from 36 to $315. So no one spent as much as they spent on Christian Walker on Clint Frazier. Now, we know Clint Frazier's got the job for now. Aaron Hicks could be coming back later. Um, Giancarlo by DH eventually, but what's your thoughts on Clint Frazier going forward? I do think that there's enough room here if he can perform that he can stick because right now they've got Luke Voigt and Greg Bird both in the lineup. You don't need to have Greg Bird in your lineup. Um, it seems like a pretty easy transition once everybody's back, but I do I don't know that the Yankees see it that way. They they're not going to go away from Brett Gardner. Yeah, that, that's the confusing thing is they just they will not let Brett Gardner go. They've had chances to let Brett Gardner go, and they aren't letting him go. So that, that's the part that's tilting. I'm, I'm wondering if like when everyone gets healthy, do they just go trade Clint Frazier? Like are they are they increasing his value to deal him because he's been good. He already has a, a base knockoff of uh, Verlander on Monday night. So lot to like there with, with uh, Frazier. Be interesting to see how it all plays out season long. I mean, am I alone thinking I'd prioritize Frazier over Walker? Uh, I like Frazier over Walker big time. That's why I was surprised to see that buy. Yeah. I, I think Frazier was probably the best guy to add this past week. I could be wrong there, but at least offensively, I think he's one of the top bats to add. Well, bes- for- besides Alex Gordon. Well, naturally. Naturally. <laughs> I, I figured that was a, a given already. We had that on established. Um, let's talk about another, you know, you're talking post hype sleeper with Blake Swihart. Let's talk Dan Vogelbach. This guy, people have wanted to just unleash the Vogelbach for so long. And he could. He was like a great 4A player. He's finally getting it going. Small sample, of course. Pretty much a platoon guy right now. But he's had a big weekend in Chicago. Starting again on Monday night, batting fifth in the lineup. He went from anywhere from a dollar to eighty-five dollars in, in TGFBI. What's your thoughts on Dan Vogelbach? I I have been on that train, and I do think that there are some interesting things there from a skill level. I don't know. This is kind of another guy like Verdugo. I don't know once Kyle Seager's back. They've almost got too many guys now as it is. Like Malik Smith's not in the lineup tonight. Yep. I don't know that there's a place for Vogelbach. That's the biggest concern. It's even in, in before Seager got hurt, they didn't know if he'd make the starting you know opening day roster, and now he does. But uh, the good thing on Vogelbach's favor there 
is there's this guy named Dealing Depoto up in the clubhouse there that <laughs> might make some room for Vogelbach. That's the greatest thing he's got going for him. He is the most fun general manager for sure. Any man that can make a trade in his hospital bed while he just had a heart attack, I, I, he's a friend of mine. I, we could get along just fine. It's pretty impressive. Um, let's go down a little farther here. Dwight Smith Jr., I, I have a feeling some of this is related to being a 15-team league, but he's been batting second for the most part for the Orioles. He went from a dollar to $101. So the low bids I get, the high bids I'm questioning, but he's off to a good start this season. Any thoughts on Dwight Smith Jr.? I don't like the, the whole Orioles lineup's off to a good start besides Chris Davis, True. right? Like they are True. crushing the ball, winning games, and Chris Davis just remains hitless. Uh, no hits in two plate appearances tonight, two strikeouts. Yeah. No, Impressive. no, I, I take that back. He didn't strike out. He just went over two so far. Um, I'm not particularly interested in Dwight Smith. Yeah, I think it's uh, off to a hot start. People are trying to reach for it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Dansby Swanson, shortstop for the Braves, former top prospect. People have been waiting for this to play out for so long. Went from anywhere from $21 to 139 bucks from four teams. Uh, he's, he's had a good series. He's in Coors this week. Do we think this is finally – are we finally getting Dansby Swanson the number one pick in the draft? I don't understand it. And I was having a conversation during our drafts um, with somebody else on Twitter about him. Like, I drafted Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. I think in this format he should have been owned. I don't I don't know that I necessarily believe he's going to break out and be a top 12 shortstop or anything this year, but in a 15-team league with, with a middle infielder, he should be owned and started in every league. Yeah, I'm with you there. I got a lot of flag for that when I did my shortstop preview, and then I even wrote an article about shortstop sleepers, and I'm like, he's going after pick 250 or 300 in drafts and in a 15-team league. I, I echo everything you just said there, and I know he's been very disappointing. I think people need to just put the number one pick thing aside and just realize the tools that are out there. He's still developing. He's still young. And we've seen him play really well in spurts. Maybe he puts it together. I'm intrigued by it. I'll say that much. I I definitely am. I kind of hope he does well because then Justin Mason gets to uh, eat crow for that one. But um, just a comparison, Garrett Hampson, who we were hoping was going to win a second base job and then we were hoping could hit major league pitching, was going like 180th overall or something. Danzy Swanson's going. 120 picks later, who I, I think I'd rather have Dansby Swanson right now. Yeah, Dansby Swanson has an everyday job. That's pretty much all you got to <laughs> say. Really, he's playing every day. There's no platoon. There's nothing. Heck, there's guys like Nick Senzel and Keston Herrera are getting drafted in, before Dansby Swanson at times. Well, so, I think like I know the appeal with Hampson was the stolen bases and cores, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's unreasonable right now to think that Dansby Swanson's a better major league hitter than Hampson is. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. That's a, a great comparison and one way we should probably keep an eye on because that could be a lot of fun for some, you know, the, the Twitter heathens to, to banter about. That could be very entertaining there. Um, Frankie Montas, young stud for the uh, Oakland Athletics, once one of their top pitching prospects, kind of stumbled a bit. Um, he went from anywhere from 13 to $77, developed a splitty this offseason, looked really good so far, two-pitch pitcher this week. Are we buying into Frankie Montas this year? Yeah, I think those numbers seem a little bit low. I don't know that I'm totally buying in, but in this format, this depth of a league, and the fact that he has the new pitch and a reason for his success, like it's hard to latch onto too many things through two starts, but the new pitch is working, and he's got the pedigree. So I'm in. Yeah, this is one of the – there's a bunch of pitchers that went per usual week to week. This is one of the ones I liked quite a bit, and yeah, the price point was a little lower than some others. It kind of surprised me a bit. Um, I'm not going to talk about Freddie Galvis. I'm just not going to do it. But uh, Hanley Ramirez, I just want your two cents on this. 
came from anywhere from $2 to $100. He's leading the Indians in home runs for the season, and it's Hanley Ramirez. Um, would you be trying to add Hanley Ramirez in any leagues? Um, I could, I could, I could envision a league in which I might want to add Hanley Ramirez. I play in some AL only leagues. Um, I, I don't think it's totally unreasonable that he's useful in this format and I love Hanley Ramirez. So I want to believe that he's going to be good. And I think that's probably what some of this is as well. Like somebody else without the name Hanley Ramirez isn't going to be quite as attractive as he is after he hits a home run. No, that's a good point. The name value does go a long ways there. Uh, Hector Neris went to 10 teams, $9 to $131. Picked up a save over the weekend. Everyone's running and saying this is the new closer for the Phillies, even though, you know, Robertson struggled, but he's still there. You still have Sir, Man- Sir Anthony Domingo there. Lots of guys in play. Are you buying into Hector Neris? Is he worth the buy right now? Is he the, the closer in Philadelphia? I think he'll have good ratios, and I think he'll get a few saves. The one thing I never bought was David Robertson as the Phillies' closer because I don't believe the Phillies are going to have a closer. Like, they had – I think their high in, close, in saves last year was 18 or something. They had nine different relievers that got a save last year, and most of those guys came back this year. So even when Robertson's going good, and I expect he's going to turn this around, I think he's going to be used in high-leverage situations, which means sometimes the seventh, sometimes the eighth, sometimes the ninth. I don't see anyone on this team getting more than 25 saves. I'm not sure anybody gets 20. No, that's a great point there. We've seen that with Kapler in his first run. He spreads it out. He's a big um, stats guy, a big advanced stats guy. He looks at all the, the scenarios, you know, best pitcher in the eighth if it's necessary type stuff. So, yeah, not not one lockdown guy. That's a good point there. Uh, when we see Naris do it at times, so it's, it's interesting to see him get the role this time around. This next one made me kind of want to puke in my mouth, but at the same time, I realized he is producing, but then again, I almost puked in my mouth because it's Jason Hayward, and we've seen this parade, almost as bad as Dexter Fowler. A lot of teams bid on him anywhere from $2 to $99. It, is this just a hot streak, or has Jason Hayward figured it out? I don't believe that Jason Hayward figured it out. <laughs> I, I think he might still be better than Dexter Fowler, but yeah, I don't believe he figured it out. Set the bar high. Set the bar real high. <laughs> Uh, would you rather Alex Gordon or Jason Hayward? Um, Alex Gordon, I'll let you know, just had an RBI single in the first inning off of Felix Hernandez. So you know how good Felix Hernandez, future Hall of Famer. Yep, King. They call him King for a reason. The King, right. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll take Alex Gordon over Hayward. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, it seems like he did this to us last year where he quote-unquote figured it out and then it heated up and we saw Jordan Zimmerman again. Pitch mix is a little different. He went from anywhere from $4 to $55. Two-stepping it this week. Any thoughts on Jordan Zimmerman, and can we buy into him this season? I, I picked him up in several 12-team leagues for the two-start week. I don't know that I totally buy that he's back. And even at his very best, he probably wasn't quite as good as, as the numbers looked like. The thing I've been impressed with so far, he has one walk in his first two starts, and that was an intentional walk. He can be that type of pitcher that does that succeeds without striking out a batter per inning. And I definitely want a piece of him in the AL Central in a two-start week. Yeah, against that bad, bad division. That's a good good group to pitch, make a lot of starts again. Uh, speaking of that division, leading off for the White Sox these days is Lurie Garcia went to three teams, and so it's not a ton of teams. But I wanted to talk about him because he's been producing. He's getting on base. He's, he's running a little bit. Is there any interest in a guy like Lurie Garcia, or is it only like deeper leagues? I mean, if you told me that he was going to lead off the rest of the year, I think you've got to have a little bit of interest in him. And he has at least put the bat on the baseball pretty well, and he's running. So – I it, it would have to be a five outfielder league or a 15 team league for me to have any interest, but I don't, I don't think he's irrelevant. 
Okay. A guy that's already off to a rocky start this week, Marco Estrada, um, getting beat up in Baltimore. Went from, from a dollar to 23 bucks. His first two starts of the year outside of Japan looked good. They're also at Oco Coliseum, which helps. Is Estrada, like, is he going to be streamer worthy all year or is it kind of just not worth owning? I don't think you can hold what the Orioles do to you against anybody as good as they are offensively right now. Juggernauts. No, I think Marco Estrada is one of the worst, um, worst starting pitchers in baseball that's guaranteed a rotation spot. Okay. One of the worst. That's outstanding. You know, when you have a, a, a fly ball rate like 55%, that's, that's, that's usually doesn't end well for you. No strikeout rate, tons of contacts. Not a good recipe for success. No, uh, I mean, maybe you'll have some good starts in Oakland just because it's a huge park, but yeah. I don't I don't really have any interest. Okay, I'm with you there. Um, we mentioned all those injuries for the Rockies. Romel Tapia starting night. Hampton's playing. Fuentes at first. Mark Reynolds is still out there, and Mark Reynolds in Coors Field is a scary man. Did, did, you know, six people added him. Would you have any interest in Mark Reynolds? Or is this more of a deep league, you know, only type deal? It's really going to depend on the severity of the injuries for McMahon and and Dahl, I think, because I do think if Murphy's out for a while, McMahon's out for a while, Mark Reynolds is probably better than their other options. Yeah. So if he's playing regularly, like five days a week, and he's getting games at Coors, he needs to be rostered. Yeah, because he can still probably, if he plays regularly, he can still buy Jack 20-plus home runs being Mark Reynolds, and that's, that's very valuable for sure. Uh, Matt Shoemaker was pretty popular last week. Still four more guys picked him up this week, going 30 to $136. Uh, he's looked really good so far. The maker of shoes has shown signs of life once in a while before. Do we believe that he's back to the guy we could use, we used to trust in Anaheim? Well, he's getting back to the thing that made him good a couple years ago and that he's throwing that splitter so much. And that is like, it's almost like fantasy baseball Twitter has Matt Shoemaker's attention again. <laughs> He got hurt. He forgot about us. Everybody's been telling him what he needs to do on Twitter and yelling into the abyss. He's doing it right now. I I think he's one of the more interesting guys that's probably bad, but we need to take a chance on him just in case he's not. No, that's the thing. is I, This is one of the bids I like also. We talked about Montas earlier. Shoemaker, I can get behind because we've seen him be good before. He got hurt. He, he's, he's adjusted things. He might be back. So I, I can get behind that one for sure. This next one, I was one of the bidders here. Max Freed went from forty eight to one hundred twenty seven dollars. I was not. I was the lowest bidder on this one, though. Um, it's interesting because the rotation spot's not secure, even though in theory he's probably better than some of the other guys there. How do you approach Max Freed right now? I really think that the Braves' plan two weeks ago, three weeks ago, was that Max Freed was going to be their long man in the bullpen. I can and see that's that. what scares me is that they? that was what they thought he was coming into the year. And I, I, I fully expect with the way he pitched in his last start, he's going to get a few more starts. But I don't think he has a very long leash. And they've got, a, like I think Scott White said it several times, they've got a rotation's worth of arms in the minor leagues. Yep. They don't have to be patient with anyone. And if they came into the year thinking Freed was going to be in the bullpen, doesn't seem like it would take very many struggles for him to end up back in that spot. No, that, that's the part that scares me. It's like I, as good as he was, his last start was maybe too good because like just the efficiency was crazy. But at the same time, we know he can be that good. So it, it's one of those up and down type feelings with him. So we'll see. Maybe he, he sticks it out for a while. But like you said also, and Scott White said, is they have so much talent down there. It's just ridiculous. They already sent Bryce Wilson down after one bad start. So like you said, they, they'll go up and down with guys no problem. 
and Soroka just threw five shutout innings and a rehab start. So they're coming. Um, Mike Leak, we just talked about uh, Shoemaker, you know, a kind of veteran arm that, that's doing it again. Mike Leak, it's a smoke and mirrors thing for me when I watch Mike Leak, but he, he's, he's doing it. Four guys bid on him, two to, two to $19. Pitched well in Chicago yesterday. Do you have any desire to pick up a guy like Mike Leak? I think he's a little bit better than Marco Estrada. But no. <laughs> uh, ringing endorsement. Yeah, I I don't. And again, he's another guy kind of like Irvin Santana, who we talked about at the top, that I didn't think was very good when he was having success. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm not going to believe it right now. It's going to take probably till the all-star break of him being decent. I could see that. Uh, one guy, this when I go through this list, stood out to me quite a bit. Nick Ahmed, he went to eight different teams, anywhere from $5 to $75. I get it. He hits, in the, he hits for the, the D-backs, plays every day at shortstop, you know, deep, deep league. Is there something I'm missing here that made him so popular this week? Um, I I feel clueless. I want okay. to look at the schedule and see if the Diamondbacks were maybe going to course, but I'm pretty sure they're not. Um, yeah, I don't think I, so. Like, I don't know how Dansby Swanson was available in some leagues, and now we're adding Nick Ahmed. Okay, that's why I had to ask you, because I'm sitting there looking at it going, what in the heck is going on here? This makes zero sense to me. I figured I had a pretty good pulse on the, the situation, and that one stood out like a sore thumb. Um, you mentioned Ryan Tapia. We already talked about him earlier. A couple other guys down the list here. Do you believe Ryan Brazier is the guy now, or is Matt Barnes him and still a committee? I expect that's going to be a committee. I kind of think that Brazier ends up leading the team in saves if they don't – like, how – mad would you be as a Red Sox fan that Craig Kimbrell's still out there and you're so, going so with Matt Barnes and Ryan Brazier. Yeah. But uh, I, again, I don't I don't know I don't think it's quite as bad as the Philadelphia situation. I think it's really just a two man committee, but I would bet on Brazier having more saves than Barnes. Yeah, like that Barnes seems like the kind of more dominant arm Brazier the more contacty guy, but more effective guy. So be very, very interesting there. A couple more here. Spencer Turnbull um, kind of a higher-end prospect, not elite prospect, but higher-end prospect for the Tigers. Pitched really well over the, his last start out. Two pretty decent starts so far now. Um, ten teams picked him up, anywhere from a dollar to $139. We've mentioned it time and time again already. Horrible division. Are you buying into a guy like Spencer Turnbull? Would you be going to add him? Uh, this is the kind of – like I, he's below Zimmerman because Zimmerman had a two-start two week. He's below Shoemaker. I'm more interested in him. But he's definitely, for me, ahead of guys – like Leak and Estrada because I've not seen him fail as much. And there's a chance that he gets through his first turn through the league and everybody just has a hard time figuring him out. Yeah, that that he's one of the ones I'm like you just said the first time through the league. I wonder if that second time gets really interesting. It's one of those after a few starts, maybe try to flip him. See how that goes for you. Right. Um last guy I'll mention similar to the Turnbull vein, Trent Thornton for the Blue Jays. He's had a couple good starts to start out the season. He went from a dollar to seventy-one dollars for like ten guys. How do you approach the uh, Trent Thornton bus in Toronto? I have so far just ignored him. I he's not a guy that was really on my radar very much to start the year. I don't think that's a very good situation to be in on the Blue Jays on that team right now. They seem to be rotating infielders and outfielders like almost on a daily basis, and I don't know if any of them can play defense. Uh, I, I'm kind of staying away. Yeah, that one confused me. I'd rather go Turnbull over Thornton for myself. Yep. Um, last guy I'll ask you about here, three guys bid on him. Yanni Chirinos, we know how good he could be. He was he was um, part of the opener package last year. 
First start, he went seven innings. This last yard, he went five. If we're not getting the opener with Yanni Chirinos, how much does he intrigue you this year? I like Yanni Chirinos a lot. And, and part of that's because of the standard CBS format where the spark eligibility for him. Um, it It's tough in quality start leagues because I don't feel confident they're going to give him six innings regularly. I don't feel confident he's going to get to start regularly. But it's worked out pretty well for him that they seem to be using their bullpen up right before it's his turn. So they don't really have anybody they want to use as the opener. Convenient. I of of those guys, I think he's better than Ryan Yarbrough. Um, I think he's the most interesting of those guys on Tampa Bay. And I, I definitely think he should be owned. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of him. I, I remember spending a lot for him last year. Uh, the stuff he has is really, really good. He's definitely better than Yarbrough and the rest of that company there. But uh, be curious to see how that plays out. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Cody Bellinger. He's been a popular topic today. I've been asked questions about him. You've probably talked about him. He's kind of been out there. I already took the L on the fact I didn't think he'd be this good this year, and he's just like he has to get hurt right now to make me feel better about myself, and I don't want anybody getting hurt. But do you think this is like are we really seeing Cody Bellinger be back to that rookie year, Cody Bellinger? I don't think what he did his rookie year was sustainable, and I think most of us after that rookie year said, okay, he's going to come back to earth just a little bit. The home run to five ball ratio was just out of this world. I, I think he's going to be very, very good. I've actually was a little low on him like you at the start of the year. I also think this is probably a hot streak and he's going to have a cold streak. All, all hitters do. I, I wouldn't want to be overpaying for Bellinger right now based on what he's done to start the season because he's been one of the best hitters in baseball. And I don't think he's going to be that the rest of the way. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's uh, uh, He's so good. And I think he's still going to be very good. But again, he is out of this world right now and unconscious it seems like when he's at the plate uh last question i have for you as a royals fan i'm enjoying the heck out of watching Whit merrifield and adalberto mondesi run all over the place you have jorge soler showing up kind of you know more often than not right now what are your expectations with this team it could be fantasy or real life but what do you think like how how long is it going to take before they're really competitive again that's going to depend on on the same thing it does for the Royals. They went 10 years and couldn't develop a prospect. And so they were terrible for 10 years or a pitching prospect. They've got some guys that are interesting in dynasty right now. Singer, uh, Jackson Cower. Those guys are at the high A double A level. And it will depend on what those guys do. I think for fantasy though, they are just about the most fantasy relevant, bad team <laughs> that there is because Maryfield and Mondesi are so valuable I still think Hamilton's going to steal a bunch of bases, even though he's hitting ninth. Solaire and Gordon are a little bit interesting in the middle. So the, the pitching's just so, so terrible. And the one thing I would say, if you stay away from anyone that gets two saves in a row in that bullpen, because they're all absolute garbage. Yeah, if Ian Kennedy's getting saves, I don't know what the world's coming to. That was something else. Uh, you mentioned that starting rotation. I'll ask you this one. Brad Keller, are we in or are we out? I am 100% in in a points league where I can use him as a spark. Okay. And I'm one foot in, one foot out in a standard categories <laughs> league. I, I think in his first start, uh, his stuff was nastier than it was for most of last year. I wish his control was just a little bit better because he is a, a good ground ball pitcher and he does – um, have some interesting stuff, but th there's just too many walks. Awesome. Well, Heath, that'll wrap us up. I appreciate the time. Um, I know everybody can find you at CBS, but uh, if you have anything else to plug, plug away. 
Oh, I, I mean, Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. You can see us on CBS Sports HQ. We're doing more fantasy baseball stuff on there uh, than we did last year. So uh, you can look at my ugly mug talking about fantasy baseball. Yeah, it's, it's awesome content from Heath all the time. And uh, really appreciate you joining me tonight. It's, it's been a pleasure and, and a blast. Thanks for doing it. It's been fun. Thank you, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 160 with Heath Cummings of CBS Fantasy Sports. Catch you guys later. 